the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. Lord on Sunday reported the largest single-day increase in positive coronavirus cases in any one state since the beginning of the pandemic. According to State Department of Health Statistics, 15,299 people tested positive. Also on SRNews.com, President Trump is defending his commutation of the prison sentence of political confidant Roger Stone. Mr. Trump says commuting Stone's sentence was the right thing to do. Roger Stone was treated horribly. Roger Stone was treated very unfairly. Roger Stone was brought into this witch hunt, this whole political witch hunt, and the Mueller uh, scam. Stone was convicted of lying to help the president and was set to report to prison on Tuesday. The average U.S. price of regular grade gasoline increased by two cents over the past two weeks to $2.24 per gallon. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas puts China in perspective. When we're dealing with China, we need to understand the Communist Party of China is so oppressing the Chinese people, okay? We need to know about this. This is a human rights issue. It's an American issue because we trade with China. We do business with China. We need to be aware of what we're dealing with. We need to be aware of what is happening. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. The second hour of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the closer edition with Brad Carlson, coming up next here on The Patriot, just after 2 p.m. in the Homestead Road Weather Center. The new film Uncle Tom is going to make people uncomfortable. It's a macroaggression in and of itself. It's the new film Uncle Tom, co-produced by our own Larry Elder. You can watch it right now at SalemNow.com. It's the most provocative black conservative thinkers taking on the victim narrative in the new film Uncle Tom. It's at SalemNow.com. For the afternoon, sunny and 84, down to 65 overnight. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3. Two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast, we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to uh, send or check us out on Facebook, just go to facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, we thank you, as always, for tuning in. John, give me one second here. Sorry about that. One of the hazards of working at the home studio is you have uh, pets that get a little rowdy and run in and out of the room, and they might be causing a bunch of chaos, and I just don't want that to happen. So... But the good excuse is we can play Thunderstruck a little longer. So who can't get down with that, right? I'm just saying. So we appreciate uh, you uh, tuning in, folks. Talked a lot about uh, some local news stories from this uh, past week. Want to get to some national news. And obviously we've been talking a lot about or we've been alluding to uh, COVID-19. You heard Salem Radio Network's news here at the top of the hour. Florida had one of their biggest single day increases in confirmed cases. And of course, a lot of people have been pigpiling upon Florida because Governor Ron DeSantis uh, opened up a lot of uh, business establishments 
earlier than people thought was wise. People have been going to beaches regularly, so they're shaming the beachgoers, even though at beaches, it's a lot more conducive to social distancing than, say, social justice warrior protests, but they apparently get special dispensation. And yeah, I'm going to talk about that these next couple segments. But I've talked about this on the show pretty much every week because there's something that has cropped up every week. And you have now more than ever the Center for Disease Control, many state public health officials, and obviously concerned citizens who have people that are in their family who are elderly or have underlying health conditions that are saying, please wear a mask. You know, you have sports columnists saying, wear a mask. If you want to see sports this fall, if you want to see the Vikings or the Gophers or Tweedo, whatever, wear a mask. Okay. This will, it'll help us get through this much quicker and, and, and stop the spread. And, and like I said, I went through a monologue last week of why I wear one whenever I, pretty much whenever I leave the house. Okay. If I'm, anywhere in public, even in a grocery store, when I go to church, you know, when I visit, visit my mother, wherever, I'm always wearing one. I've always been in the habit of doing it because, you know, like I said, my mother has underlying health conditions. So I, I am down with it. But can you honestly fault people for not trusting the word of public health officials or epidemiologists or the woke scolds? out there because it's like how can you not trust public health officials or epidemiologists these are medical professionals they don't have any political agenda um they maybe don't but i guarantee a lot of these government officials certainly do and depending upon what cause you're advocating for it's going to depend upon what they say they'll allow and this is no more apparent than in New York City with just the, uh, I, I'm trying to use a proper adjective without um, running afoul of the FCC, moronic mayor, Bill de Blasio, New York City. Uh, just just some of the things that he has said on, on Twitter, basically telling a group of Jewish people that they can't hold a ceremony for a beloved rabbi because funeral services are not conducive to social distancing, but in the next breath he goes and shows solidarity with a Black Lives Matter protest while not wearing a mask. Okay, and, and stuff like that just infuriates me. Because I want to get through this as quickly as possible, this COVID-19 pandemic. And I want to be able to play my part in slowing the spread. Like they talked about very early on when we were told a large percentage of the U.S. citizens are going to get this. But we need to not get it all at once. So these people, I think it was in Texas, having these COVID parties where they were trying to all get it and just get it over with. It's stupid. Don't be dumb. Okay? Just exercise the necessary precautions. And I bring all this up because... I'm citing Ed Morrissey a lot these days. Ed Morrissey's always in my heart as a Northern Alliance Radio Network alum, but a big deal with hotair.com. He wrote a piece this past week says, um, you know, talking about the citing a New York Times story that basically says, say, you know, maybe cheering the Black Lives Matter protests has undermined epidemiologists' COVID-19 credibility, to which I reply, Jay, you think? Uh, this is, again, from the, uh, uh, this is from Ed Morrissey's piece. Uh, the New York Times covered this. It's surprise. It's a surprise to the extent that the New York Times covered this issue at all. Are protests unsafe? Their headline asks, and then adds, "What experts say may depend on who's protesting what." Yeah, we've uh, kind of noticed that. Again, this is from the New York Times. So when conservative anti-lockdown protesters gathered on the state capitol steps in places like Columbus, Ohio, and Lansing, Michigan in April and May, epidemiologists scolded them and forecast surging infections. When Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia relaxed restrictions on businesses in late April as testing lagged and infections rose, the talk in public health circles was of, was of that state's embrace of human sacrifice. Well, that's not too hyperbolic, is it? And then the brutal killing of George Floyd by police in Minneapolis on May 25th changed everything. Soon the streets nationwide were full of tens of thousands of people in a mass protest movement 
that continues to this day with demonstrations and the toppling of statues. And rather than decrying mass gatherings, more than 1,300 public health officials signed a May 30th letter of support, and many joined the protests. You remember that one, right? It was called White Coats for Black Lives. Yeah, but science! That reaction in the contrast was the epidemiolo- with the epidemiologist's early fervent support for the lockdown gave rise to an uncomfortable question. Was public health advice in a pandemic dependent upon whether people approved of the mass gathering in question? Um, I would say that's a rhetorical question, but the uh, writer of this New York Times piece goes on to say, to many, the answer seemed to be yes. So this was, uh, again, this was one of my biggest sources of frustration and how people justify this, you know, people going to the protests. Because COVID-19, for every day from when the first case was reported in the United States early in 2020 through late May, every day, almost every news uh, news show was devoted to COVID-19. Then the George Floyd saga happened. Am I saying the George Floyd saga was not a big story? Absolutely not. It was a huge story, especially with the video of the officer kneeling on the back of his neck and seeing the breath go out of George Floyd's body and everything that ensued from there. Those are big stories. No doubt about it. And need to be reported on. But the COVID pandemic was almost a footnote to every news story, every news show. But yet, in the eyes of many government officials, it was still important to uh, enact all the protocols, i.e. shutting down, of keeping businesses shut down, you know, social distancing, not being able to go to church, not being able to have a funeral for your loved one, not being able to go to a doctor's office for cancer screenings because he had to save those appointments at precious space for the inevitable huge spike in COVID cases. Right? So they still kept the protocols in place. But then, all of a sudden, you have all these protests all over the country where there wasn't a lot of social distancing. And I guarantee not 100% were wearing masks. Some were, like good citizens, because they were very conscientious in saying, you know, we're going to be crushed into a lot of people, but this is important. Being able to talk about these police brutality issues and systemic racism, this is important. And again, I'm a big First Amendment guy. I'm all for peaceable assembly. No doubt about it. But, again, with great freedom comes great responsibility. And I said this during the protests outside the governor's mansion when people were protesting what they felt were draconian measures and unnecessary lockdowns of businesses. I said, you know, if you want to take this seriously, you know, keep distance and wear masks while you're in this protest in front of the governor's mansion. Not a lot of people did that. And it, and, and, and it's a poor reflection. I thought it was a poor reflection on their cause, even though I agreed with them in principle, even though I agreed that there should be some measures in place where people should be able to go to church. You know, people should be able to you know, bury their loved one. There are some people who didn't have the luxury of being able to work from home, okay? So they basically had to be furloughed, be laid off. And the pittance that the government was giving them for unemployment, that wasn't conducive to supporting their families. They needed more of that. They needed to get back to work. And people who were business owners wanted to be able to open their establishments and were able to prove this is how we're going to enact public safety, you know, to ensure that everybody... You know, stay socially distanced and stay healthy. I mean, salons are some of the, undergo some of the biggest public health scrutinies of any business out there. And this was before the pandemic. But yet, nope, they couldn't open. But then when these protests took place and there were no social distancing and not 100% wearing masks, it was almost as if the COVID uh, pandemic became an afterthought. And this was a uh, terrific uh, article from, uh, let me see, it was a uh, uh, Chattered and Williams. Uh, in the uh, in the Guardian, and this was from last month when uh, the big social justice warrior protests were taking place. 
So less than two weeks ago, the enlightened position in both Europe and America was to exercise nothing less than extreme caution. Many of us went much further, taking to social media to castigate others for insufficient social distancing or neglecting to wear masks or daring to believe they could maintain some semblance of a normal life during the coronavirus. At the end of April, when the state of Georgia moved to end its lockdown, the Atlantic ran a headline Uh, ran an article with the headline, Georgia's Experiment in Human Sacrifice. Two weeks ago, we shamed people for being in the street. Today, we shame them for not being in the street. Now, keep in mind the context of this. This was just a week or two after the George Floyd death. So, for context. As a result of lockdowns and quarantines, many millions of people around the world have lost their jobs, depleted their savings, missed funerals of loved ones, postponed cancer screenings, and generally put their lives on hold for the indefinite future. They accepted these sacrifices as awful, but necessary when confronted by an otherwise unstoppable virus. Was this or wasn't this all an exercise in futility? The risks of congregating during a global pandemic shouldn't keep people from protesting racism, NPR suddenly tells us, citing a letter signed by dozens of American public health officials and disease experts. White supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19, the letter said. One epidemiologist has gone even further, arguing that the public health risks of not protesting to end uh, protesting for an end to systemic racism greatly exceeds the harms of the virus. The climate change denying right is often ridiculed correctly for politicizing science. Well, we only politicize it because the only reason you are uh, the only because you say the only fix for climate change is to completely eradicate capitalism, which isn't practical, but (coughs) I digress. Yet the way the public health narrative around coronavirus has reversed itself overnight seems an awful lot like politicizing science. And he's exactly right. And a lot of these left-wing publications, like the New York Times and uh, this this gentleman from The the Guardian, who's who's a left... Is that is from The Guardian? I want to get my sources right. Yeah, The Guardian. Chatterton Williams from The Guardian, also leftist. They're starting to acknowledge that, yeah, um, we don't agree with people continuing to go out and live their lives like there's no virus going on. But our woke scolding is having no effect any, anymore. Because when you get public health officials... Again, public health officials who are degreed physicians coming out and proclaiming themselves as white, clo- white coats for black lives. That tells people, well, if this virus is really as deadly as you are all proclaiming, why are you encouraging thousands of people to crush together, with not all of them wearing masks, if, if indeed this virus is, is that deadly? Why, why are you encouraging that? There must be something, there, 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 it must not be as bad. Otherwise, um, you'd be flaming hypocrites because a lot of black people are protesting in these. And if you are putting them in a situation that could possibly kill them, then black lives don't really matter to you, do they? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter. Hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NRN Show. Oh, we got a doozy from... The aforementioned New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. He, he appeared with Wolf Blitzer this past week. We'll play that audio clip when we come back right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. We all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. 
Now streaming on SalemNow.com is the brand new film, Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Minneapolis. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With Everything in our toolkit working for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back. AM 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And here to take your phone calls, 651 289-4488. 289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag NARN Show with any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, pointing out to the uh, uh, New York Times and the Guardian of all publications are starting to figure it out. It's like, yeah, you know, um, sanctioning these big uh, social justice protests while a very noble cause probably undermines our... Uh, uh, trying our efforts to uh, eradicate or slow down the spread of this uh, coronavirus because uh, it's a coincidence or not such a coincidence that the huge spikes in COVID that have been occurring in many states all across the country um, are amongst younger people. What has been the predominant demographic of a lot of these protesters? It's been younger people, millennials and younger, Gen Z. And again, not saying it's not a noble cause, it absolutely is. But you can't very well go out there and protest and say, well, this is important, and then point your finger right back at someone else and shame them for not wearing a mask because you're not going to have any credibility left. And you're unfortunately undermining the credibility of some of these epidemiologists, including people within the same field, the medical field. And what drove me nuts is people would say, well, you know, going out... We went out and protested systemic racism and social justice. Those are the important issues of our time. And the people who were out protesting the lockdowns were intimidating uh, legislators and governors with guns and only because they wanted to go to a bar and get a haircut, which is stupid and not true. And by the way, those who were carrying guns were those at the Michigan State Capitol where you are allowed to carry guns. Okay, didn't brandish them. They kept them holstered. But they're allowed to carry guns at the Michigan State Capitol grounds. And secondly, they were opposing draconian lockdowns because a lot of these people need to go out and earn a living. Because like I said in the last segment, you can't very well live on the pittance that the government sent you. And as was detailed in this Guardian story, people were missing funerals of their loved ones. They wanted to say goodbye to their loved ones. So you're telling them that saying goodbye to their loved one and mourning their loss that's not, that's not as important 
as these uh, social justice protests, people foregoing cancer screenings. Okay, well, I mean, how many people where their their cancer either resurfaced or became more aggressive, but they couldn't get the regular screenings that they needed. I'm not saying it's a lot, but if you're sitting there going to scold us, say, well, if it just saves one life, all right? And the people who with mental health issues, for every point that the, uh, for every percentage point that the unemployment rate went up, how many people were succumbing to their mental health issues and God forbid their suicidal thoughts? Okay, it's not zero. So there have been some uh, casualties to these lockdowns. And then to just basically throw all that away, people making sacrifices, even though they were hesitant to do so, and just throwing all that aside and by telling them, wow, this is, these protests are important, but yours not so much, it's despicable. And Bill de Blasio is not even trying to hide it anymore. Mayor of New York City, and John, if we have that soundbite ready, I'll call that for that in a couple minutes. But both he and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo were got their finger proverbial finger slapped by the court system saying, um, yeah, First Amendment, that doesn't just apply to peaceable assembly on the street protesting social justice causes. First Amendment also applies to people gathering in churches. Because Bill de Blasio, I mean, it I read I remember reading this tweet about this. It was chilling. It was almost it, it, calling out the Jewish community specifically saying, this is the last time I'm going to warn you folks, there are going to be fines and even arrests if you people don't stop with the big gatherings. He was referring specifically to a group of Jewish people who wanted to uh, have a funeral for a renowned rabbi within their community. And he flat out told them, knock it off. There's going to be arrests. There's going to be fines. Right? Singling out Jewish people. Then a month later, the George Floyd saga happened. And he joins the Black Lives Matter protests and at times was seen talking to them without wearing a mask. So uh, this was addressed with Wolf Blitzer. This was just this past week. And again, he's doubling down on it. Wolf Blitzer basically asked him, uh, you know, what kind of uh, gatherings are going to be banned for the the time being? How are you going to move forward with this? This is about about a minute-long clip. This is, again, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio on with CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Go. Outdoor concerts, and it means things like parades. You know, things that here in the city can mean not just thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It's just not time for that now. What about protests? If people want to march down Fifth Avenue, are they going to be allowed to do so? Look, Wolf, this is always an area of real sensitivity. If you're just talking about health, we would always say, hey, folks, you know, stay home if you can. But we understand at this moment in history, people are talking about the need for historic changes. I mean, today in New York City, you know, recognizing the power and the meaning of the message Black Lives Matter, which we did in front of Trump Tower today, uh, this is a historic moment of change. We have to respect that, but also say to people, the, the kinds of gatherings we're used to, the, the parades, the fairs, we just can't have that while we're focusing on health right now. I... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So you're you're gathering, you know, and again, this is this is the straw man they like to make. Well, you know, concerts and fairs and that, you know, that's just entertainment. We could do without that, but this is important. Yeah. What a a reputable journalist, and again, I, I like Wolf Blitzer, even though he works for a horrible network. Like Wolf Blitzer. A reputable journalist would have said, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. I understand fairs and parades and concerts. These are, you know, for lack of a better word, frivolous things that people like to enjoy. And you say protests carry more merit. But what about church services? What about when you literally put uh, welded shut gates to a Jewish playground where the Jewish kids go play, where it is conducive to social distancing, where that can be enforced? What about the group of Jewish people that wanted to bury that renowned rabbi in their community and you basically called them out on Twitter? What about all that? You know, but what does Wolf Blitzer ask? Because uh, after Bill de Blasio goes through that monologue, the very next question Wolf Blitzer asks, uh, yeah, what about the U.S. Open? I'm curious. I love going to the U.S. Open. I love tennis. What, what's happening with that? Are you kidding me? No follow-up on that at all? 
where the mayor basically says, look, gatherings are all okay, except uh, or the only gathering that's okay is, is a Black Lives Matter protest because this is an important moment in time. Everybody else, go pound sand. And, and again, he, he does it without any pushback whatsoever. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And this is why people are basically no longer worried about going out. Because if you're a public official in charge of making these decisions and you're singling, singling out a specific group, they're not taking it anymore. And, and by the way, painting Black Lives Matter on the street in front of Trump, Trump Tower... Uh, I'm sure that's a magically eradicated crime, the rampant crime that's taking place in New York City right now. Heck of a job, uh, New York City people. you got a chance for a new mayor next year. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Don't know where. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $50 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme in the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, the film about Corey Ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corey's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place, the untold behind-the-scenes true story of Corey's secret army of student teenagers' efforts to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true, breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Reese davis Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the key word pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And always, we appreciate you tuning in. So uh, I guess some, I guess the, uh, the New York Times call them prominent artists and intellectuals, uh, mostly left of center. They got together to uh, sign a, co-sign a letter. It's about 150, 153 of them to be exact. A letter on justice and open debate, and this was published by Harper's Magazine. Our cultural institutions are facing a moment of trial. 
Powerful protests for racial and social justice are leading to overdue demands for police reform, along with wider calls for greater equality and inclusion across our, our society, not least in higher education, journalism, philanthropy, and the arts. But this needed reckoning has also identified a new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and toleration of differences in favor of ideological conformity. As we applaud the first development, we also raise our voices against the second. The forces of illiberalism are gaining strength throughout the world and, uh, and have a powerful ally in Donald Trump who represents a th- real threat to democracy. But resistance must not be allowed to harden into its own brand of dogma or coercion, which right-wing demagogues are already exploiting. There it is. Republicans. It's never the offense itself. It's the Republicans' response to it that is always the, the bigger affront. Isn't that amazing? Anyways, I continue. The democratic inclusion we want can be achieved only if we speak out against the intolerant climate that has set in on all sides. The free exchange of information and ideas, the lifeblood of a liberal society, is daily becoming more constricted. While we have come to expect this on the radical right, censorousness is all also spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views, a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues in a blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of a robust and even caustic counterspeech from all quarters, but it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. More troubling still, institutional leaders in a spirit of panic damage control are delivering hasty and disproportionate punishments instead of considered reforms. Editors are fired for running controversial pieces. Books are withdrawn for alleged inauthenticity. Journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. Professors are investigated for quoting works of literature in class. A researcher is fired for circulating a peer-reviewed academic study. And the heads of organizations are ousted for what, we are, what are sometimes just clumsy mistakes. Whatever their arguments are around each particular incident, the result has been to steadily narrow the boundaries of what can be said without the threat of reprisal. We are already paying the price in greater risk aversion among writers, artists, and journalists who fear for their livelihoods if they depart from the consensus or even lack sufficient zeal and agreement. This stifling atmosphere will ultimately harm the most vital causes of our time. The restriction of debate, whether by a repressive government or an intolerant society, invariably hurts those who lack power and makes everyone less capable of democratic participation. The way to defeat bad ideas is by exposure, argument, and persuasion, not by trying to silence or wish them away. We refuse any false choice between justice and freedom, which cannot exist without each other. As writers, we need a culture that leaves us room for experimentation, risk-taking, and even mistakes. We need to preserve the possibility of a good-faith disagreement without dire professional consequences. If we won't defend the very thing on which our work depends, we shouldn't expect the public or the state to defend it for us. You know what? And again, these people, intellectuals and artists, what have you, 153 of them, uh, kudos to them. Kudos to them, really. Now, I would have been more impressed, and they would have gotten a tr- they would have gotten much more of my respect. Not that they care about my respect for them, anyways, because <laughs> none of them know me. But I would have respected them a heck of a lot more had they said this in response to a conservative basically getting canceled. If a, if someone if a conservative came out and gave an opinion that they found morally objectionable, had they said, "Look." We just woefully disagree with that opinion from said conservative commentator, but we should defend their right to say it. And the only way to defeat bad speech, in what our opinion is bad speech, is not silence, it's not ostracization, it's more speech. And you know what? This is the one area, one of very few areas, where I was in 100% alignment with Barack Obama when he was president. Because he has been beating this drum well, ever since he was president, where he said, look, you college students, you can't just expect to go to a college and have your beliefs reaffirmed. You have to be willing to defend your beliefs, intellectually defend your beliefs. Okay, You, you, you can't expect to go someplace where you're not exposed to ideas with which you disagree. 
You have to explain why you believe what you believe. You have to be willing to defend it. You have to be prepared to defend it because it's going to be challenged. This is Barack Obama saying this while he was president. And even after he was president, he was very consistent in this, saying, you know what? This wokeness stuff, it's, it's nonsense. You know, don't be so woke that you're going to completely turn off, you know, all dissension, or you're going to completely shut out anything else that may go against your worldview. So when apparently cancel culture has become so outrageous that Barack Obama is speaking out against it, uh, yeah, you know, you kind of uh, jumped the shark a little bit. And I bring this up because there were, again, 153 of these people that signed this. And what's amazing is now some of these people fear of being canceled over canceling cancel culture. Do you follow all that? I'm not sure I follow that myself. But yeah, some of these people, they read it more in depth, that whole letter that I just read. It's it's a pretty lengthy read. But some of them proclaimed they didn't know what they were signing. Uh, This is from uh, Ed Morrissey wrote at Hot Air about this about how basically some of these signatories couldn't stand the heat, so they had to get out of the proverbial kitchen. Uh, Historian Carrie Key Greenidge, Carrie K. Greenidge, I don't know who she is, uh, said, she tweeted, I do not endorse the Harper's letter. And she said she was in touch with a magazine about a retraction. Uh, Julia Malucci, a spokeswoman for Harper's, said the magazine had fact-checked all signatures and that Dr. Greenidge had signed off, but she said the magazine is respectfully removing her name. Um, I have a feeling that Miss Greenidge got more blowback than she anticipated uh, because if her name was added without her permission, then I would venture to say she has some sort of legal recourse here. But if I had to guess... I think what happened to her is similar to what occurred with someone. Uh, let me get her uh, credentials right. Uh, Jennifer Finney Boylan. She is. Uh, she's. Oh, she just says she's an author. I don't know what she's an author of. But yeah, author Jen, Jennifer Finney Boylan. She also came out on Twitter and tweeted the following: "I did not know who else had signed that letter." I thought I was endorsing a well-meaning, if vague, message against Internet shaming. I did know Chomsky, Steinem, and Atwood were in, and I thought, good company. The consequences are mine to bear, and I am so sorry. So, because someone, people that she has tremendous amount of respect for, was signed off on this letter, so, wow, that's some pretty good company. I think I'll sign off on, on this as well. And then she turns around and realizes that it's actually taking an ethical stand against silencing all people, even conservatives. Well, that that that's just a bridge too far, you know. And and uh, some of the rationale to dismiss this letter critiquing uh, cancer culture was, I, I mean, it was, it was just egregious. Ezra Klein, uh, he is the, um, I think he's a managing editor of Vox, far left wing website, Vox.com. He came out and said a lot of debates that sell themselves as being about free speech are actually about power. And there's a lot of power in being able to claim and hold the mantle of free speech defender. Well, here, like I just said, you can defend free speech to the hilt while vehemently disagreeing with that speech. That's okay. In fact, I, I want leftists to say what they really mean. Because right now, this this business about this $93 trillion new Green Deal or Joe Biden uh, now backing off of a claim that he wanted to ban fracking, which would have hurt him, hurt him in a key swing state like Pennsylvania, and now Biden saying that he would make uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor cover uh, birth control in their health insurance plans after the Supreme Court ruled that they don't have to. Okay, I want the left to say what they really mean. Okay. Because you can just use their own words against them because, I'm sorry, the the majority of the country isn't that far out there. So, again, the antidote is to defeat bad speech with more speech. It's not to silence it. It's not to suppress it. 
And again, I get it. These are private businesses. A lot of people are walking away with their pocketbooks, you know, whether it's walking away from the entertainment industry, not buying an author's book because they don't like what they say. Well, that's cap. That's a decision based on, you know, capitalistic worldview. If you don't want to spend your hard earned dollars on someone you disagree with, you know, that's your right. But the concept of speech, of being able to have an exchange of free ideas, look, if, if what People on the right say what they say is so objectionable, blast it out there. Say this is what the horrible speech is being out there and marginalize it. The only way you marginalize it, more speech. But the fact that you try to silence these people tells you that, A, maybe they're onto something that you don't want to get out there in the mainstream, and so therefore you have to ostracize them from polite society as soon as possible, or B, you don't have the cojones to put up your own argument or the coherence to put up your own argument. So this, this is just, uh, again, cancel culture is an awful thing. And there are even prominent left-wingers who will tell you cancel culture is a bad thing. But as we're finding out, trying to cancel cancel culture may also get you canceled. And that's what I love so much about Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla's film, No Safe Spaces. If you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a great disservice. You need to see it. There were a lot of prominent left-wingers on there who came together with Someone like a Dennis Prager, who, of course, well, right of center, and Adam Carolla, right of center on the libertarian side. They all came together in agreement saying, look, none of us here are the same. Bill Maher, prominent leftist. Uh, Dave Rubin, you know, he, he holds a lot of uh, very uh, progressive ideas. Okay, Ber- some Berkeley professors went on the record to talk about this. They all agree of the mantra of free speech. Even though they don't agree with each other ideologically, they all agree together. This whole woke culture of this Generation Z wanting their safe spaces and trying to stem speech that they don't like or be exposed to ideas that make undermine their own worldview, that's not sustainable in a free society. That's more an authoritarian mentality. And you know what? Count me out. Count me out. As long as I have breath in my body, I'm pushing back against it. Now, if these, this Generation Z, when they get to be my age, in their 50s, I'll probably be long gone or close to being long gone. If that's the kind of society you want, an authoritarian society, you know, Godspeed. But you're going to find out real quick you don't like it. And once you're in the midst of an authoritarian society and you decide you don't like it, guess what? Too late. Can't do anything about it. That's the drawback. So I would say tread lightly on this issue. So, again, kudos to those 150 signatories especially those who stuck with it, that signed that Harper's letter wanting to uh, cancel cancel culture, and I wish him the, uh, the best of luck, that's for sure. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also re- uh, reach out via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Me, Brad Carlson, the closer, with one final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. This is Dennis Prager for Mathnasium, the math learning center. As you know, happiness is a moral obligation. But if you're a parent, that might seem impossible if you're trying to teach your kids math. Some would say choose one. You can't do both. If this is you, then Mathnasium has the solution. At Mathnasium, students learn to understand and master math. They learn number sense, math fluency, and problem-solving skills that equip them for success, not just in school, but for the rest of their lives. Mathnasium students become confident and even enjoy learning math with Mathnasium's customized and live one-on-one approach. Students can actually reach their potential, possibly even more than you might imagine. And now with the added challenges due to COVID and school closings, more than ever, your child needs extra math support this summer to keep moving ahead. So do your kids and yourself a favor and enroll today at one of the Mathnasium centers listed on the Patriots advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com. Mathnasium, changing lives and adding happiness through math. 
This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Right now, Blue Ox Heating and Air is offering a legendary $49 air conditioner tune-up. For $49, a fully trained and certified Blue Ox technician will come to your home and make sure your system is running smooth and efficiently. If your AC unit needs repair, the tune-up fee counts towards the cost. And don't forget to ask about the Blue Ox no-breakdown guarantee. Log on to GoBlueOx.com for details. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Need windows? Why sit through three separate high-pressure sales quotes when you could get three competing quotes in less than one hour? Hi, I'm Ryan, owner of My Three Quotes. I will personally come out to your home for free. No pressure, no gimmicks, three quotes guaranteed. Visit My Three Quotes today. Welcome back to the Employed Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. So speaking of left-wing establishments, going to talk Hollywood here this uh, last short segment. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but a radical change is occurring in Hollywood these days. Uh, Actors and actresses are apparently no longer allowed to portray others who are dramatically different from themselves or, you know, act. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm confused by this concept. This is from a FoxNews.com story. Uh, Halle Berry has issued an apology after facing a myriad of criticizing remarks online over an acting role. The actress, 53, sparked fury on Friday when she announced during an Instagram Live video with hairstylist Kristen Brown that she was considering playing a trans character. Over the weekend, I had the opportunity to discuss my consideration of an upcoming role as a transgender man, and I'd like to apologize for the remarks. As a cisgender woman, I now understand that I should not have considered this role and that the transgender community should undeniably have the opportunity to tell their own story, she wrote. This is becoming an epidemic um, quite a bit. This is also happening with race. Uh, the uh, Mike Cleveland, who's been the... Uh, not Mike Cleveland. Um, I forget the actor's name. First name is Mike. I know that much. He plays Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland Brown on the, um, sit, on the cartoon sitcom Family Guy. You know, Cleveland Brown, he's a guy that talks like this. Am I going to get in trouble for imitating a, 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 a black fictional character? Sorry about that. You can edit that out, can't you, John? Anyways. No problem. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm tr- I just got to find his. He released it on Twitter, uh, or he made the announcement on uh, Twitter. Mike Henry. Uh, Mike Henry? Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Mike Henry is the actor. He voiced uh, Cleveland Brown, who's a black character on Family Guy. Family Guy has been on for 20 years. He says, well, you know, uh, I, I got to... I'm going to back out because, you know, I'm a white guy and I should give a black actor an opportunity to voice this character. To which I replied to his tweet, so you're going to get a hearing hearing impaired person to voice the greased up deaf guy that you also play? If you haven't seen Family Guy, that you're probably wondering, greased up what? Yeah. You, I haven't seen I haven't seen her new episode of Family Guy in over 10 years, so I don't know if the greased up deaf guy is still part of uh, uh Family Guy, <laughs> but there you have it. This is, this is where we're at right now. How, how boring are movies going to be where you're only going to have characters play what they can relate to? Which basically is nothing but a self, bunch of self-flagellating smug white people. I mean, that's all they're going to be able to play now. I mean, so regarding this Hillary, or excuse me, Halle Berry role where she got a lot of blowback for playing a transgender man. This also happened to Scarlett Johansson. She was considering a role as a trans man, 
and ended up backing out because of the blowback. So does this mean Hillary Swank is going to give her Best Actress Oscar back? Because she played a trans man in Boys Don't Cry. Remember that movie? That was from, I think, 1999, somewhere around that time frame. And then about five years later, Hillary Swank won another Oscar for Million Dollar Baby. So I guess she's going to give that Oscar back too because she denied a, a paraplegic female boxer an opportunity to tell that story. And don't even get me started on Tom Hanks. Hey, does it get any more bigoted than stealing a job from an AIDS-riddled gay lawyer like he did in Philadelphia? So I guess that Oscar's got to come back. Oops. I mean, this is, this is the extent. This is the natural progression of where we're at, isn't it? If we're only going to play roles which we can relate to, given our background. I, so and Kevin Spacey's already been canceled, but you know he deprived a serial killer Uh, of a prominent role in the movie seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. So I, you know, he'll, he, but he was allowed to continue on until uh, some other allegations came out against him. But seriously, this, this is, this is where this is going now. Hollywood is becoming too woke for themselves. And you know what I say? I, I, this may not be politically correct. Screw Hollywood. This, this is, They've been indulging in this cesspool called wokeness. And yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it for what it is. It's a cesspool, this wokeness. Because if, if, if your ideology, your worldview, the main tenet of it is to censor other people's opinions and free speech and worldview, it's a cesspool. And I, I don't want any part of it. But you know what? Hollywood's been indulging this crap for how long? So I say let them take their medicine. I'm out of empathy on this one. I am. And, and again... Halle Berry could have easily pushed back and said, yeah, I can't relate to the plight of a trans man, but I couldn't relate to the plight of a down-and-out woman in, uh, what's that, Monster's Ball? Remember that one, Billy Bob Thornton? Could she relate to that role she played? I don't think so. You know, she also played a, a, a flight attendant in another movie. She's not a flight attendant, so look at that. Flight attendant is a, is a middle-class person. She's denying a role of a middle-class person. I mean, again, if this is the theory you're going to use that you can only that you can only play characters to whom you can relate, then the movie industry is just going to circle the drain. And I say let it. I say let it. I've got plenty of old movies on DVD and whatever else that if Netflix wants to scrub all those, hey, I got the DVD, so I'll just watch them to my heart's delight. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, The Closer. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Attention, this is a real estate ad. If you are thinking of buying or selling, please listen closely. My name is Alex Hartman of REMAX Results. I am a like-minded, loyal listener to this radio station. I have a proven track record of results, having sold thousands of homes over 30-plus years. But most important, in this day and age of big real estate teams pushing crazy gimmicks and guarantees, when you call me, you get me and only me. No gimmicks, no anonymous team members, just one-on-one service and results. When you work with me, you can rest assured the buck stops right here. I have your back. I'm the only agent you communicate with from start to finish. I'm 100% accountable to you. So if you're thinking of buying or selling this season and you like the idea of working with an agent who shares your views, an agent who will work diligently on your behalf every step of the way, then call me today for a free no-obligation consultation. Just go to resultsbyalex.com, resultsbyalex.com. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Again, that's resultsbyalex.com. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases, and soon you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. They built it around real life, how people actually communicate, and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> 
With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more at surroundmsp.com surroundmsp.com connecting you with new customers am 